Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Freecast. My name is Brian. Me, as always, are Zach and Vince, and we are here to talk about a comic that is coming out on June what date? June thirteenth. That's the ticket, twenty twenty three, <laughs> and that is Green Lantern number two, written by Jeremy Adams and illustrated by Zermanico. Uh, there are two things of note about the main story in this issue that I would like to get to eventually, but I don't want to start us off. Vince, I want you to start us off. What did you think of this second issue? Um, boy, I'm 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 really mixed. Um, because I think it's it's. I'm struggling to find a reason why this series exists. Like it's kind of fascinating to me. Um, it's it's a very slow burn right now to um, establish what is even the what what the shape of the Green Lantern Corps looks like right now. I have a theory about that, by the way, but we'll get oh, finish up. Great, I can't wait to hear it. But but. What I what I like about it is I, I really like that the second we talked about this with the first issue, the second issue doubles down on Hal being a shitty guy. Okay. <laughs> and and actually, I'm hoping that they're never gonna do this. I'm sure by the end of whatever this little run is, however long it lasts, they're going to try to redeem him. But I, I almost want I would love if they approached Hal Jordan from here on out as like a prestige TV Don Draper esque character who is an asshole who who you, you root think, for? Yes, and that you think is going to change and then doesn't like it like it like a Don Draper like a Tony Soprano like a Succession character Walter right? White like, etc. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I would love that because that would bring it would be the first time that there's some like interesting tension with the Hal Jordan character since all like the parallax stuff that doesn't get like neatly resolved by him just being like the, the greatest of all time or whatever, you know? Right. 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 Um, I, I, I would love if they just keep having him be this like slightly toxic character who can't fully change, you know, <laughs> and that they actually used that as, as like a, some glue for the plot, you know, and that's really what so far, that's what this feels like because um, over the course of this issue too, Hal is just being this like persistent toxic presence in, in Carol's life, in Carol's life, <laughs> like to the point where it's, it's, it's bordering on being obnoxious. And I can't say I'm rooting for him yet, but, but you, you know, they're going to, take it to that place and i just kind of i just kind of hope they keep the tension i hope they don't swing all the way to him being like this infallible hero you know what i mean i, I hope that i hope they keep that kind of push and pull with oh he's he's a jerk but they need him you know sure i, sure. I really like that idea um but yeah but it's it's weird because we're two issues in now and there's really not a plot besides that. So I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by the, the way that this is structured, but also like wondering what, why this book even exists in the first place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it exists because I think like DC has to have a Green Lantern book and it's been a while since they've had one. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, this this issue was definitely more of a, like you said, kind of a a bit of a slow burn and honestly kind of a, like a retread of most of the last issue too. It really it really didn't do anything new because it it doubled down again on the like Carol and Hal stuff in a way that was honestly maybe like it was funny like it was I think it was well written and 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 the like comedy of it was good but it was also kind of boring I thought um and the stuff with him like being a Green Lantern was just kind of whatever. I think the best part of the issue was the, well, actually I think the best part of the issue was the Philip Kennedy Johnson backup, but we'll get to that. I think the best part of the how story is the, um, the scene, the scenes with Kilowog. Absolutely. I have a slightly different take on the best scene, um, but we'll get to that in, in a moment. I don't disagree with anything you guys have said so far. This did feel a bit like a retread issue. And my theory as to why has to do with the last page of the issue, mm. which is showing that this yeah. is leading into night terrors like directly. And I never expected that. I thought that was going, I mean, and I'm sure it's not going to be something that's going to be referenced much beyond those two issues, but I'm surprised to see this leading directly into that. So here's my theory is that they told Jeremy Adams, you know, you're going to be launching the Green Lantern title. And then he wrote like a first issue and they said, oh, by the way, in between issues two and three, there's a two month event of whatever. And so he couldn't really like the first issue establishes what the Hal status quo is here. But he can't really go much further than that because we're not going to get back to that story till September now. Mm-hmm. And so I think they kind of had to do this retread where nothing really happens just to give us something to go until then now my question is why not just wait till september to launch this book mm-hmm. yeah and you, you probably could have given philip kennedy johnson and whoever is i don't know if the artist that is doing the backup is the artist on the ongoing but if you gave them more time they could have probably got that series ready to go and not need it as a backup here although i like it as a backup here but you understand what i'm saying right it just seems like it's uh this is a weird time to start a new series yeah, it makes me think it, it I'll piggyback off of what Zach said about there just has to be a Green Lantern book. I think, you know, DC sets up more more or less what the shape of their year is going to look like. Right. And they start slotting in books. You know, we need we need a big one in April. We need a big one in May. It might not all exactly work together perfectly as a puzzle piece, as a puzzle for the whole year. But like we just we need a big one here. We can get Green Lantern going. We just got to publish something and we'll let the event kind of shape it and whatever comes out the other side. Sure. We, we need we need a big book here and then one next month and then one next month. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting to look at the DC solicits for July and August because you get a real sense as to what books are not important to DC and those are the books that aren't getting um, Night Terrors tie-ins. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no Hawk Girl, no Doom Patrol. Angel Breaker, super important, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but, like, you know, know you understand know. what I'm saying? Like, you just tell, like, which Steelworks uh, and then the Spirit World books, like, all the stuff that was announced basically as miniseries. Yeah. 
are just staying as miniseries. And then interestingly, which I think makes sense too, because like if you have a shorter story, it doesn't really make sense to then interrupt sure. that with another <laughs> short story. Sure. The only uh, ones that aren't affected by that also, it also makes sense are the two world's finest books because those take place in the past, right? Um, the Batman Superman one and the Teen Titans ones. Um, so yeah, that makes sense. But it, it's just interesting. You, you get a real sense of sort of what, like even though Green Lantern just started, they feel like this need, there needs to be a Night Terrors for this. Same with Titan, same with Shazam, right? All that stuff. So it's interesting. Um, so I actually thought, and part of this is you guys know I'm a who's who obsessy here. And so when Demolition Team showed up, I was like, fuck yeah, Demolition Team. Because that's that's a great who's who uh, entry. So I first of all, I loved that. Uh, it is interesting that they just not interesting. It is appropriate that they took away Josie, the leader's signature uh, piece of her character, which is just her giant jugs. So, um, <laughs> you know, she was made less offensive in this one as opposed to how she was drawn in the 80s. Um, but I thought that Hal's use of the making like the ghost constructs is the most creative anyone has gotten with Hal's constructs in a decade, at least, if not more. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Hal has become like the boxing glove machine gun construct guy. Yeah. Well, and like John's even kind of like canonized that as like a character. Aspect, yes. You know, that he just like was not creative. Yeah. Um, um, if you're only having one Green Lantern book for now, like give us the good Green Lantern stuff. Right. Give me that. Give me that construct. <laughs> he can finally do it. <laughs> See? See? Uh, yeah. So I, I like that a lot. Um, I didn't expect, like I said, the, the, the tie into Night Terrors at all. But I, I kind of get it. Like we were saying, if you're going to if you're going to start this book and then pause the main story, you might as well like lean into this. I guess. Yeah. And that brings us to the backup, which is The Rise of the Revenant Queen, Part 2, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, illustrated by Montos. Zach, you said you really like this. Why don't you start us off? Yeah, I mean, I just think this is, like, a cool story. Um, I, you know, it's interesting that this is the kind of flip side of the coin to the Al story, because, um, like, I like the space green lantern stories more than the earth ones. And, and this one is, it is that, and it's, it's just cool because it's kind of existing in this weird place that is kind of outside of time. It, it is like clearly in some way related to the the like world that john was in during dark crisis mm -hmm. but it also talks about you know like he mentioned something like you know when the power battery was destroyed so it's like also referencing back to the jeffrey thorn run and it just has this kind of like mythic quality to it i think the you know, we got teases about the Revenant Queen stuff back in that Dark Crisis one shot that that Johnson did. And I thought that stuff was cool. Then I'm kind of just like reiterating the same things I said the, in the mm -hmm. last issue. But again, it, it's kind of more of that, but it's just moving the plot forward in an interesting way. I like this new Shepard character. I think he's cool. 
Um, Commander Shepard. Yeah, Commander Shepard. Um, yeah, I mostly just I mostly just think it's like a cool concept. I think the art is good. Um, it's a better John book than the Jeffrey Thorne run, I think. Um, yep. So, yeah, overall, I'm just I'm I'm here for it. I like it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, sorry, Vince, go ahead. All I was gonna say is I I like the idea of uh, John Stewart as this like. They they call him the Watchfire, which was like after the, um, after they lost the central battery, John kind of became central to the, uh, idea of the Green Lantern Corps, and and he says something about how he he kept the lanterns lit, he kept everything going. I like that role for John. It is kind of in a way. You're right. It's it's better than the Jeffrey Thorne book. But it is kind of a similar theme where in like that book, he he became the ultimate lantern towards the end. Mm-hmm. And so it's a similar role for him. It, it it does justice to, I think, what we liked about what became of John's character in that. Um, well, also, you know. Also, basically pretending that run doesn't exist or or at least you don't need to have read it to 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 understand it's a, it's a similar role. Um thematically um so i i just like that sorry brian go ahead no no what i was going to say is the o- the only knock i have against this isn't really a knock against the story it's just a frustration of mainstream superhero comics and specifically a frustration of mainstream superhero comics when you have a particular attachment to one character which is that this john story is essentially the story that Jeff John set up at the end of his Green Lantern run for Kyle, where Kyle was mm. the torchbearer, how he was the one who kept the 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 uh, everything going, like in times of great distress. And I just feel like I liked how John's had sort of set up each of those characters into a way for their story to continue without having like you don't have to ever tell that story. But I liked the way that each character is sort of bit wrapped up for them. And this is Kyle's bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you, you guys know my, my feelings on Kyle. So that is just my one small critique of this is that this just feels like a bit of a retread of what uh, of what, you know, John's had done with Green Lantern number 20. I believe it was in the new 52. Um, but yeah, no, I think this is pretty good. I think the art on this is really interesting and fits the tone of this story. I do I I do somewhat already grow tired of the um it starts with John and his mother talking each time and then we'll move into the future in space format a little bit um it's only been two issues I know but uh you know this is where I am mm-hmm. um yeah I don't disagree also for like a relatively short book already or you yes. know yeah It'll be interesting to see what this book is once it is a book. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And what's interesting is that it says at the end of this um, short piece, it says, continued uh, in Green Lantern number three on sale in September. So that means that there's at least a couple more parts of this before it spins off into its own book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is funny because this was supposed to launch alongside the HAL book. And then there's a two month gap, and it's still not going to launch when everything comes back. Yeah, yeah. It's taking yeah. a while. 
That's, That's okay. That's all right. I, you know, I can't tell you how much I wish that DC comics were more like manga where like the Hal, the Hal uh, Jordan story was like 10 pages every month. Uh, John Stewart back up 10 pages every month. Uh, there was like a Kyle Rayner story that was, ten, you know, like, like yeah, just the Shonen yeah. style anthology. Like if, if you gave me a John Stewart book in this format is better than none at all. And I can't tell you how delightful it would be to read like a, a 10 page anthology book about various lanterns every month. Yes. A, a tales of the green lantern core style book. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to get that again. Oh, no, no. And no. that bums me out. But, I, you know, I don't think I'm wrong to say that. Um, <laughs> I I think that we'll get it when the Damon Lindelof Green Lantern show comes out. <laughs> He's canceled. Yeah. It's over. He's not canceled. He's canceled. No, he was he was shitty at running a writer's room in his tw- in his early 30s. Yeah. He's Taylor Swift's new boyfriend. Also. Uh, they they brought old boyfriend now, <laughs> or you're talking about a different new boyfriend that may or may not be on this show. Guys <laughs> <laughs> <Those> are dumb. <laughs> I was talking about Vince. What? No, 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 no. We already established that Zach is the problematic uh, uh. boyfriend. Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice monthly podcast. I'm Jana. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. Yeah, so we got some, we got some some news items to talk about uh, today. Yeah, now it's Vince's turn to be problematic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's let's start there. Uh, there was a new uh, volume of Birds of Prey announced today. Well, not really announced. It was tweeted about today. It'll be coming in September. So once we get the official solicitations for September, we'll be able to have a little bit more information about it. But here's what we do know so far, which is that it is uh, written by Vince's favorite writer, Kelly Thompson, and uh, Leonardo Romero is doing the art for it, which is a big win for me because I really liked Leonardo Romero's work on everything I've seen him do so far. Um, All we know so far is that Black Canary is obviously a part of it. It seems like they are going to be all this week doling out like one character a day to uh to reveal the team. So if you're listening to this when it comes out, you probably already know who this team is. But it's been a minute since we had a Birds of Prey book. Was was it the um what was the name of those sisters who wrote The Bensons. The Bensons. Were they the last ones to do a a I Birds kinda, of Prey book? I kinda think so. I, they didn't finish that run, but I think that they started the last volume that we that we got. Yeah. And I think we've gotten like um well, there was like a black label. Wasn't there like a black label like Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey or something? There was 
and wasn't that the brian azarello one oh boy (laughs) am i making that up no i I think you might be right right. um the ben because i think it tied into the or not tied in but it came out around the time of the the birds of prey movie right i believe so the the benson's book was batgirl and the birds of prey if you recall Uh, ah yes Yes. i don't recall but i believe you the thing i recall about that book is how much i enjoyed the claire rowe art yes wasn't a great wasn't a great story but i really liked that art yeah and it looks like the bensons wrote the entire run really yeah that's shocking i mean uh yeah it appears so with uh Claire Rowe and Rose Antonio doing most of the art with some Marcio Takara art in mm. there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's the Birds of Prey. So, uh, Vince, you are not a fan of Kelly Thompson's writing, and I'm, I'm not going to pick on you with this. Um, uh-huh. But does that kill your enthusiasm for a Birds of Prey book pretty much completely? Well, I mean, the art teaser did look great, and... Uh... I mean, I'll check it out. As with anything, I'll check it out. It's just that I I don't think I've... Kelly Thompson is just too much of the Bendis school for me. Um, Where the characters just say these irreverent things that a lot of times they sound the same. They say irreverent things? <laughs> you know, You know what I mean. They do um, that? I'm doing Bendis dialogue, you asshole. Yeah, I know. I know you are. I don't want to play along. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Brian, I got to (laughs) go. See, we can do we can do season two jokes now. I'm so excited. It's 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 so good. Um, You got to give Vince. You got to (laughs) give. Yep. (laughs) A lot of people give. Yeah. (laughs) I don't care about it, but it's not good behavior. Yeah. Um. No, I just, it's, it's just, it hews too, I like, I always say her stuff reads like Bendis to me, except without like the great classic runs that Bendis wrote that kind of earned him a little leeway. I don't know. Um, I've just, I've just never enjoyed um, a Kelly Thompson book. I'm sorry. I know I'm in some kind of uh, minority in saying that, but um but I'll, but I'll check it out. I like the characters. I the art looks great so far. Uh, what little we've seen. Um, yeah, I just think it's really interesting that Kelly Thompson is coming over to DC. Um, since she's primarily been associated with Marvel, I think she did have an image book last year. Too. She did. And did didn't she do something in the DC book relatively recently? I don't remember. I want to say she maybe did like an anthology story or a mini series. That would be about the only thing I think. Uh, Definitely not a mini series, Um, but perhaps. uh, I could be making this up too. Let I'll let you guys talk. I'll look it up. This is where I miss comicbookdb.com, which was the oh, best at that. That was just, yeah. it was so easy. Ugh. Um, yeah, no, Zach, I, I, read I, I don't a little... see anything for DC. Sorry to okay. end up, but that's right. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I, I had somewhat enjoyed 
a bit of the Hawk Hawkeye run that she did. Yeah. With, um with uh who was 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 that was that Leonardo Romero on art also? No, no, we, I have no way of knowing. No, uh so, hang on, someone was talking about it in our Discord, patreon.com slash C three cast. Uh yeah, it it was Romero. Uh so I, I enjoyed them together a bit on that. And I, I, I read a lot of the Kelly Sue DeConnick Captain Marvel, and I, I just fell off of the Kelly Thompson one. And I don't know how much of that is just that I was I wasn't that interested in the run versus I just wasn't, you know, I just needed a break from the character. I, I don't really know why I sort of fell off that, but I did. Um so yeah. I I am reasonably excited for this. I also think that DC needs to get better about giving female characters to female creators to work on. So I think this is very good for that reason. Let let Kelly write this book because we need more female creators working on female characters. We, we need more female creators in comics, period. Um, I would say better Kelly Thompson than like the hacktivist guys writing this. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. That seems to be the DC's other move, right? They don't know who to write something to the hacktivist guys. Um, and the other bit of news we we're going to talk about was that it came out this week, and I, I don't know what the source for this was, but I saw it a couple it, places. I think I'm pretty sure from what I've seen is that. So Hickman did an interview with the Cerebro podcast, and I think it came from that interview. I okay. haven't listened to it yet, though. Yeah, but so the idea that Jonathan Hickman, before he was given the X-Men books, was going to come over to DC to do both the Legion of Superheroes and the New Gods. <laughs> and I know that this hurts Zach because of his Legion love, and it hurts me and Vince because of, I think, our, I think we, we prefer the New Gods to the Legion. Correct, Vincey? I yeah, but um, I just want to I just want to see Hickman on this playground. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I mean, I, I Zach, I know you are the Legion boy of the three of us, and the more that I try to get into the Legion, the more I just fail every time. So in some ways, I'm not mad he's not doing a Legion book because I love Hickman, but I don't love those characters, and so I I don't know how much of it I would have like vibed with necessarily. Um, but talk about sort of what you think a Hickman Legion book could have been like. Uh, well, I think it would have been good. Um, first of all, would there uh, have been infographics, Zach? There of would have course. definitely been infographics. Um, if one book needs them, it is the Legion. It is that. the Legion. Yeah, it it does suck because I I honestly think like if anybody in the world is going to do a good Legion book currently, it's it's Hickman, obviously. Um, and I think he's even like expressed in interviews in the past that he like read the Legion growing up and like has an affinity for them. It it would have been really good. Like, you know, the the Bendis run was not good from what I've read. It was fine, but it was not good. Um and that that just like really kind of sucks. And um yeah, it, it there's like no version of the Legion that I can imagine that would be as interesting as what Hickman could have done with it. And just knowing how the X books turned out or have turned out, you know, with Hickman leaving and me still enjoying like the post Hickman X books still like 
mm-hmm. but but just knowing how that all turned out i very much wish like i would trade hawks box for for Hickman wow new legion and and new gods even also knowing that that probably would have had a premature ending if had it if it had happened in place of like the Benda stuff and that it had come out in that era and gotten messed up by you know the didio and 5g stuff see i think they would have let i think they would have let hickman design the whole shit then after the you think 5g stuff maybe maybe you're right honestly and that's even worse (laughs) that's just the lie i tell myself to make me even more upset do you think that well i i guess you kind of asked this question, but I, I want to double down on this. Zach, are you saying that you think that Hickman would have saved Didio's job, essentially? Uh, no, I'm not saying... You, I don't think he would have saved Didio's job. I think... Like, I was worried that, like, Didio leaving would have interfered with everything that, that he would have been doing. Um, But now what Vince is saying, I still don't think it would have saved Didio's job, but I think he would be the showrunner now. I think Vince is probably right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wonder if that. I mean, Hawks Pox was such a big deal, and it was, I yeah. I don't think that anything Hickman could have done with the New Gods or the uh, or the Legion would have necessarily had the mainstream crossover appeal. Well, it definitely Pox wouldn't have because the X Men is like argue in my. I think like pretty. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. It's one of Marvel's biggest properties. Oh yeah, yeah. Top three: S- Spider-Man, The Avengers, X-Men. Yeah, that 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 that's Marvel's big three. Um, which is kind of a cheat because The Avengers has so many big characters in it. But you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that if Hickman had come around and done this really successful run of of one of those books. I think that might have bought Didio enough goodwill to not have him lose his job. And Maybe I wonder so. And I wonder then how much of 5G would have been a thing and how much I don't want I, I know Vince used the word like showrun. I don't know if Hickman would ever want to do that. Because what DC is- doesn't because here's why DC doesn't have as as neatly siloed off corners as marvel does with the x books uh-huh like you could i know that that now whatever this latest fakakta version of the x-men is has like there's an iron man book that's part of that and whatever like you can basically do hawks pox plus and if you never wanted to show captain america or spider-man you would never have to yeah DC doesn't really have I guess the Legion is the closest thing to that because it's just a different time period, right? And um, and the new gods too works. And the new that gods way. too, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't think he'd ever want to take on like the showrunner in the way that Johns was for the new fifty two. Yeah. I, I would see I it wonder. for like the way Snyder was during the rebirth era is how I, I like I could have seen them handing him Justice League and like him basically doing his Avengers run, but at DC for a while. You know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. I, I could see that potentially happening. Yeah. It's clear the, that he's not like interested in doing that at Marvel now, but I could I could see him doing that at taking a stab at that at DC for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um I think 
I think all the Dio would have had to do is say, Hey, uh, Johnny, baby, take a look at this timeline. You want to put it in your famous graphic design? <laughs> <laughs> and and Hickman would be swooning. I he know would, our, our Dio usually turns into uh, Bernie Sanders, but that was like almost turning into Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of thought it was Yogi Bear. Hickory, dickory, duck. Hey, hickory, dickory, duck. Orion's. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna rip off Wally West's. Yeah. Blank. Blankety blank. I was trying to get new gods. Uh, yeah. What I happened to Mister Miracle's cock? <laughs> oh. Uh. Yeah. Um. God, what a terrible reference. What are we doing? <laughs> I wonder if, like EMF, we're gonna have to pay every time we go. Oh, on this podcast now. <laughs> See, kids, in the 90s, there was a band called Ecstasy Motherfuckers, and they sampled Unbelievable. And they sampled him saying, oh, for their hit track, Unbelievable. And he still gets a royalty of that every time you hear that song on the radio. That's been Brian's music lesson for today. Because you hear it on the radio so often. <laughs> if you listen to 90s on 9 on Sirius XM the way I do, then yes, okay. you Okay, I guess so, yeah. Somebody's, I did. I was telling Maddie about now. our conversation about the Taylor Swift Speak Now thing and and uh-huh. here we go very not nice comments uh-huh. um, and i had to explain to maddie that in real life brian really is tim heidecker's character from the uh, season one i think you should leave sketch <laughs> he is yeah he's, yep yep no, i'm not he loves marcus the worm hicks talks about him all the time <laughs> he can hit the high c all night long just because a dude doesn't like paramore doesn't mean anything else okay uh <laughs> Ain't It Fun is like my least favorite song of the last 10 years. That, by the way. that feature is more exciting in the year 2023 than the uh, Phoebe Bridgers one was in 2021. Vince, you have to recognize that's the ramblings of a madman, right? Um, She's canceled. Look what Ooh. she did to Paul Mescal. She's can- oh, she is. Can- that's right. We're team Mescal. That's right. Um, We're, we're team Connell Waldron. Um, I say she's canceled. Like she did, she's canceled by us. She's canceled by <laughs> us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was not very nice to Mister Mescal. Uh, Bo, Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. <laughs> Bo Burnham inside. <laughs> Trump would just repeat the name Bo Burnham five times in a row, yeah. and expect laughter every time. Yeah, I'd probably get he, it. And then he'd say. Have you ever heard such a stupid thing? Yeah. Bo Burnham, have you ever heard anything so stupid? A comedy special recorded without an audience? I don't like the sound of that. Inside. Try getting outside, nerd. <laughs> speaking, of references, speaking of references, almost as fresh as Andrew Dice Clay, where yeah. we're still we're still doing James Austin Johnson's Trump in 2023. Yeah. Where where were we? Uh, Hickman, Hickman, yes. Here's the thing. I this is gonna kind of be my (laughs) what? What'd you say? Here's the thing, and I said Ben Grimm. Oh, (laughs) it's the thing is coming. That's a that's another. That's something we'll talk about later. Yeah, the thing, the thing, okay, the thing is coming. Oh yes, it came Um, to Gotham eventually. It did come to do. Yeah, 
Patreon.com slash DCPCast. I just, I said this in the Discord, Patreon.com slash DCPCast again, um, that I, I cannot see Hickman going his entire career without a stint at DC. I feel like it has to happen at some point. And I keep telling myself that to 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 keep me from crying at the at the near miss that we had just now that we learned about. Um, and I think, you know, something Ritesh was saying on uh, on Twitter the other day. I, I don't have Ritesh's uh, uh, at handy, but but Ritesh writer, Ritesh writer, I think it is on Twitter. Anyway, great comic mind, Ritesh. Uh, said something about how DC and Marvel just keep rehashing the same, like the same old, like white male creators over and over and over again. And it's true. You know, I think the one exciting configuration of that, that DC will have in their back pocket until they decide to really use it. And I feel like it's inevitable is Jonathan Hickman at DC. Right. I feel like that is, that's the last gambit. Right. Because what else can you do if you're going to do something like that? John's coming back and doing a couple books wasn't that. Scott Snyder coming back someday, maybe, but that's already been done. Right. So Hickman at DC will happen eventually. Um, Here's the only reason I disagree with that. Okay. I think that Marvel sees Hickman as theirs in a way they haven't since Bendis. Like there is nobody who is to me as quintessentially Marvel in the 21st century. To me, it goes like Ben in terms of writers, Mm -hmm. it goes Bendis, Hickman, Jason Aaron, I guess. (laughs) Right. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking of James Johnston's tweet about, uh, uh, Jason Aaron did like a seven year run on Avengers that nobody knows about. I mean, he's <laughs> not wrong, but to me, like to me, Aaron's uh, Thor is, you know, one of the like yeah. yes. cornerstones of modern Marvel. Right. But anyway, so I feel like the difference between Bendis and Aaron and Hickman is that you can silo off the Hickman stuff and sell it in perpetuity in an easier way than you can the stuff that the other core writers have done there. Like Hickman's Avengers run, I guess it goes into Secret Wars, which was a bit of a more widespread thing. But you could basically, if you wanted to, you could make like a bookshelf set of Hickman at Marvel, and you'd only have to include a handful of books that aren't written by Hickman to make that entire thing make sense. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I think he has a real value to them in that way. And just he is like the master of the bookstore prestige market for Marvel. Yeah. That they haven't really had since the ultimate line was that it's like highest power with Bendis. And I guess I would just say that eventually, Brian, Bendis was coming. And so too will Hickman. Uh, but but here's the thing. I, I also wonder if Bendis is a cautionary tale where Bendis was kind of handed everything he wanted and it wasn't that great. And he he's not there now. I think I think companies always think they can. 
It's it's like the team that signs the aging superstar. They some team always thinks this time will be different. Yes. Or you know, real quick, it'll happen. What year do you think the Bendis is coming ad ran? Don't look it up. Just think about it. Twenty fifteen. Zach. 20... 2017. 2018. Mm. Five years removed from that, huh? Yes, that's it. It feels like longer and shorter at the same time. Um, But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that Marvel is going to look at Hickman as somebody they can't afford to ever let go. And... Th- as long as they have silos where they can give him like here, this is you're doing this corner of the universe now. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that is, um, I think that they're going to try and hold on to him forever. Although to be fair, I don't know what else is left at Marvel for him to do. Really? I don't see him wanting Spider-Man. I feel like he did a little bit of Spidey in FF. Um, I don't think he's interested in doing anything like his whole thing now is um, like minis and like Hawks Pox style things. He only does like big picture stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, I. I think, though, like like I'm basing this on nothing other than other than what I would do if I were a famous comic book writer. Sure. If I hadn't written at the other company in any meaningful way or ever, I would have a bank of stories I was thinking about sure. for them. Sure. You know, and I, I certainly wouldn't be working while I'm on the other company's dime, but I would, how can you not? How can you not? How can he not be thinking about like what he would do with the Legion or who or whatever, you know? And so I feel like, yeah, at Marvel now, maybe he's resigned and relegated to these minis that maybe examine some, some piece of the mythology. But I wonder if he doesn't have some bank of stories in the back of his mind that would, that a move to DC would maybe open up a little bit. I think I certainly would. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I look, I I want it to happen. Yeah. I just think it's got to eventually. I guess my thing here is while I, while I love the new gods, I don't think that anybody has really done the new gods as well as Kirby did the new gods, which I know they're Kirby's creation. That makes sense. Yeah. But like, as well as Tom King's Mr. Miracle, Eisner oh, award winning. Of yeah. course. I um, mean, more Morrison came closest. Yes. Came closest, but still I would say fell short of, of sort of the, the promise of that. Right. Where I would love to see Hickman is to take over like the Green Lantern mythos. Yeah. Because yeah. that to me, he could do, you know, three or four different types of books within that structure. Something like Hoxpox makes so much sense where you could have a book that takes place like on Oa that sets up the next couple of years of stories. Like, there's there's so many things you could do with the Green Lantern mythos. It's a more popular character, and the characters aren't as inscrutable. Because to me, that is the difference between Hickman's Fantastic Four and Hawkspox to me is that the sort of like 
Shadow Council stuff from Hawks Pox. I thought it was very cool and very fun, but I really missed the heart of Fantastic Four with Hickman. And I think that the, the the family stuff that Hickman did with Fantastic Four will always be my favorite stuff of his in the Marvel world because of just how 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 much emotion. That's why was Legion in. would have been good. Yeah, he would have done that stuff there. He could, uh-huh. but he could do that stuff in Green Lantern too. He could, but I think it wouldn't even be. It could be, yeah. It could still be good. It could still be good. I, yeah. No, Tom King is going to write Green Lantern here in a few years. Yeah, yeah. He's writing Wonder Woman next week. Oh yeah, you're right. Speaking of next week, what comes out next week, Vince? Well, next week, six twenty. Uh, Batgirl's number nineteen. Batman Superman World's Finest number sixteen. Batman: The Adventures Continue season three number six. I I have been meaning to go back and read those. Um, uh, Batman: White Knight presents Generation Joker number two. <laughs> uh, B- Black Adam number twelve. Catwoman fifty six. Cyborg number two, Fables 159, Nightwing 105, Superboy the Man of Tomorrow number three, Superman number five, Titans number two, The Vigil number two, and Wonder Woman number 800. We'll definitely be talking about Wonder Woman 800. And anything else instantly jumping off that list for you, Vincy? I, I mean, there's some other books I'm interested in, but I don't think we'll talk about them. Yeah, I think that's probably the one. Well, if you have to get in touch with us, two-thirds of us are still on Twitter for some reason. Uh, I am at Brian Needs an App. And I am at the Woke of Z. You need to find Vince. He is staring at his dinner companion's meal and saying, give me that. <laughs> and uh, Brian is getting arrested because every night his... No. <laughs> <laughs> no, my wife's getting arrested. Oh, yeah. Your wife's getting arrested. Yeah, That's come right. on. Right. Well, let's get it right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, thanks for listening to the podcast. I'm unproblematic. I don't even have any problematic faves. It's well established.